I read your fascinating article, Music and Emotion, a composer's perspective published in Frontiers in Neuroscience. So let us then talk about, you've talking about your story, me and my, mine. Let's talk about that every moment in our lives is consciously highlighted music from birth to death and the importance of it. Yeah, I mean, it's something that for better or for worse, we are generally unconscious of. We just do it. But when you, if you were um, kind of lurking on someone's life and looking in, a majority of people, you'd find that they might play some music when they wake up and get motivated. Maybe they'll play some music when they're in the shower and getting dressed. And then on their trip to work, maybe they'll have their iP uh, AirPods in or something like that, and they'll be listening to music. And then while they're on the bus or something like that, an ambulance will go by. And that's music of a form, right? It's a sound, it's a, it's a musical tone that it's informational. It indicates something, but it is still music. And then you go past a, a church or a mosque and you hear the bells ringing or a call to prayer. And that's music too. And then at work, you might have some music on in the background, depending on what kind of work you do. Or you might go shopping in the pharmacy and there's some music on in the background as well. And then, you know, all of those things. And then you go back home and maybe you relax to some music or maybe you watch some TV or a movie and there is music underscoring that too. So there are very few moments of our lives that are kind of exempt of music. And, you know, why is that? And, you know, I don't think there's any kind of short answer to that. But from that, we can definitely say that we are musical beings. We are musical beings fundamentally. And there's very interesting research that suggests that early human, early Homo sapiens sapiens language was musical in nature, in the sense that language, spoken languages we use today, and music come from a common ancestor evolutionarily. And one of the proofs of this, if you like, we don't really use proofs very much in science, but one of the, you know, uh, suggestions that this might be true is, for example, when you listen to what they call motherese, which is the way um, nursing mothers talk to their infant children, infant babies, where they tend to use a lot of intonation. It's very musical. It's like, hello, little baby. And then in the way that we talk as adults, we explore musical intonation in a very specific way. So, for example, if I say, hey, Jazz, I'm really excited to see you. I'm going up a major third, which is an indication of a happiness. Um, if I say, yeah, it's a bit cloudy outside. I'm going actually down a minor third approximately, right? And that is an indication of something that's a little minor, a little more sad, a little more negative, all right? So we are using intonation. Also, other languages, we know that they use intonation a lot, um, Chinese, uh, Thai, Vietnamese, but also some of the very ancient languages like Quechua. You know, I've spent a fair amount of time in the Amazon jungle for a variety of reasons, mostly for work, but interfacing with, uh, with various tribes and listening to them talk they are very musical. It almost sounds like they're whining. Um, and, and I see that as kind of like a, a vestige. These are languages that are not even written. They're just passed down. But I see it as kind of vestige of this um, primordial 
common ancestor. And from that comes the whole world of linguistics and, and all of the uh, complex artic articulation of words and meanings, but also this incredible world of music, of subconscious experience of emotion. And it's who we are as humans. Mm -hmm.